All right, my friends, welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Shante Cofield. She still teaches at Rock Tape, but she also has her own course and her online courses and all these different Instagram challenges. This woman is doing everything. That's why I had her on the podcast is because she was one of my first guests just about a year and a half ago. And since then, she's just blown up. She's doing all the stuff. We had a really great conversation, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Here we go. Friends, before we get started on this podcast with Dante, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the most obvious situation that I have going on in my life right now, and that is the museum fire here in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, it actually started um, a few days ago, and I was talking to my wife on the phone, who is in Finland at the present moment, and I look up, and there's this huge column of smoke just erupting from the foothills right across the highway from my house, and I started to keep an eye on it and it went when I started filming it, it was about five acres and then that night it grew to about 400 and then the next day it grew to about a thousand and then the next day it grew to about 1800 and so it is literally threatening all of Flagstaff Arizona right now and so the uh, biggest problem is so it's right behind one of the main mountains that we have there that stretches all the way across town called Mount Eldon and the biggest problem is now that there is no more trees and no more shrubbery when monsoon hits there's going to be massive flooding going through Flagstaff Arizona so um, as of today the fire is about 1,000 acres which is down from 1800 which is really good but there is a, a rainstorm coming and with storms comes wind and with wind comes growth of fire so the water might be good but it might also be bad so we're just kind of hanging out um, all day yesterday uh, which was uh, July the 22nd I was just prepping to evacuate my neighborhood because the fire was getting pretty dang close and um, I fortunately didn't have to evacuate but that was a huge stressor and uh, you know this conversation that I had with Shante today was so good and it, and it, it elevated my mood so much and, and reduced my stress by just a substantial amount so I'm just forever grateful uh, for this woman for just taking the time out of her super busy schedule to talk to me again uh, because we just had such a fantastic conversation and she's such a, a warm and loving person and I just am so grateful for the conversation so I'm gonna quit stalling on it without further ado Dr. Shante Cofield There we go. Hey. How are you? I'm uh, hanging in there. We got, a, we got a lot going on right now in Flagstaff, Arizona. Have, bad stuff? Yeah, we have a huge forest fire 
that had that started probably four days ago and it's it started like four miles away from my house and oh. has expanded uh so as of last night it was 1800 acres and so now it's a thousand acres so they they got a little bit of a hand okay, wow yeah and so it's threatening like all of Flagstaff, which is terrifying. Holy so, smokes. Yeah. It's so, just because of the heat? No. So uh, it was a campfire that got out of control. <gasps> no. Yeah. It's bonkers. And so oh my gosh. we've been under like constant threat of having to evacuate for the last four days, which is an insane amount of stress. Yeah. That's really, it's terrifying. And like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And my wife is in Finland. And so. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so I'm like trying to talk to her. We're like, she's ten hours in the future, so it's like, <laughs> you're just like, it didn't happen, honey. <laughs> I know. So like, my I have her car all loaded up with everything that we need, and you know, it's just God. It's this is insane. How long is she there for? She's there until Friday, so it's ten days total. Wow, is it for work? No, so she is visiting family out there. So her family is from, um, yeah, from that area. And so her aunt and uncle live out there. So amazing. Well, jeez, I, I had no, I, I don't watch the news. So if it's like that's popping up on Instagram, I don't know until like I talk to someone from Instagram and they're like, hey, the world's burning. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's such chaos. It's like, you know, today I was like, oh, it's Tuesday. I should probably yeah. see well, a shot I can make yeah. it up. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. And like your house is like, can you see the, like, Smoke uh, so there's yeah smoke is everywhere um, yeah. the first couple nights we could see um, from my perspective so there's foothills right across the highway from us and I could see fire coming over the top of the foothills but then they got that oh under my control God. but from town so I'm about 10 minutes outside of town and so uh, so in town you can just it's everywhere yeah so now the big problem is uh flooding so we're supposed to start getting our um monsoons and there's no shrubbery or trees or anything to stop yeah. the water from flowing and yeah. so that's our new thing mm-hmm. where everybody's like we need rain and then everybody's like hold on exactly <laughs> this is what happens in california so yeah. we get fires for like no reason like right uh, campfires is like oh it just like blew up and you're like <laughs> yeah this bush got too hot yeah and, and you're exploded. like <laughs> and then everything and it rains and then it's like oh now highway one is closed and you're like what uh, yeah i know it's chaos fires are terrifying but that's really the only natural disaster that we have so we're yeah. sitting pretty good it's true it's yeah. like you take your poison you're like oh, i'll take yeah that. we haven't been dealing with earthquakes or anything so that's- Dude, these recent ones i was like oh i was sitting there and then i was like i, I felt nauseous actually and i was like is it my head <laughs> yeah because it doesn't it's like you know you think of the movies that like all oh, that shit's gonna fall off the wall and it was actually like we weren't close enough so it was still you could feel it but it just felt like this and i was like yeah. i feel so dizzy what's going on and yeah then I was like, oh, my, uh, my cousin lives up in bakersfield and she was uh she does the uh, body combat group class oh, wow. stuff. Yeah. She was like practicing in a gym and didn't even notice. Of course. So it's like, oh, happening. <laughs> we're like throwing people around. Like unless you were like sitting and like you were like not paying attention. Because it was kind of long too, the two of them that happened. And you're like, whoa, this is. Yeah. And but again, a, I'll take it. Yeah. And uh, 20 or yeah. God, a long time ago. So that was 95. So it was mm-hmm. a couple of years after that big earthquake yeah. me and my dad were on a motorcycle trip up in Eureka, California and we were camping and 
felt an earthquake that was like a six point something. Yeah. You know, you're on the ground and I'm like, what the hell? Is yeah, it's that? Just weird. You're just like, and what? My dad's like, it's an earthquake. Go back to sleep. I'm like, whatever. This is freaky. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Really? Just some crazy shit. But I'll take it over rain and flooding and stuff that like this doesn't ever once it once it happens, you're done. Like right. you can't yeah. recover from that. You're like, oh, it's wet for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. Totally. So let's talk about you for a second. Yeah. So the last time I talked to you was last April. Damn, it's been that long. I know. And so the question is, what are you not doing right now, I guess, is the safer question to ask because I talked to you like, so way back in the day when I talked to you, you were only a rock tape instructor. Yeah. And ever since then, you know, you just- (laughs) A lot has happened in a year. (laughs) Blown up. And so it's, uh, and that's kind of the reason why I wanted to get you back on is because you're always- preaching hey just start what you want to do and then you're really leading by example which i think is really amazing and then you're i don't even know so that's why i said the appropriate question is like what are you not doing because you're doing everything i'm not teaching for rock tape that much yeah that's what's actually had to pull back and like you said like you go and do certain things and those things start growing and then you're like have to take a step back from the other things which has been amazing because rock tape is so supportive right Uh, but just trying to, so I'm staying at my girlfriend's house right now and there's a kitten and it's crazy. So if yes. he's like freaking out, it's because I'm like trying to squirt the kitten. So I'm not right. eating the wires. And, uh, <laughs> and so I have a German Shepherd puppy. <gasps> is that what the crate is? Yeah. So that's my, uh, so he's a German Shepherd Catahoula mix. And then I have a, a German Shepherd uh, Belgian Malinois mix and he's the puppy. So. <sighs> You know uh, that. Like, she could erupt at any second. Exactly. Right now, he's doing that's pretty the perfect good. word. Erupt. She's fine and then she's a psycho. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right. Just sit down. Right. Right. So basically I've been trying to kind of future proof myself, I think is kind of the best word. Mm. You know, like yes, it's amazing to be part of these big companies, but you never know what's gonna happen. Right. And the best thing you can do then is if you are passionate about something, go ahead and follow it and, you know, keep being, you know, supporting that initial company and that foundation. But it's like, what else can I do? And what else am I interested in? And like going and following that. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a concept of like constantly expanding, you know, so that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at, where I had to uh, stop coaching CrossFit because it's just, it's CrossFit. Yeah. And it's good yeah. and it works for a lot of people, but I don't think that it works for everybody. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my whole coaching practice has taken more of an individualized approach and, and more of a holistic approach and kind of, you know, rehabilitation yeah. uh, type of idea. And, you know, since uh, me and Andy have been working together, um, the workshop that we teach is really blending the ideas of like sports massage with um, movement. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, it's there, it's either one or the other. And so we're really trying yeah. to blend that gap right now. And so, um, yeah, just taking a, a huge diversion from teaching group classes to teaching more individually yeah. is yeah. really, you know, and there's, yeah, there's just so much, going on and so you know like you know crossfit or uh not crossfit or rock tapes really doing a good job of introducing new stuff all the time all the time yeah and then but then yeah you're doing 
all these online courses now and and teaching your own course it's bananas uh, it's you know you figure out because it seems like it's been short but it's been like i've been teaching for rock tape for four years right so it's like you know you get for lack of a better word you get tired of doing things and like living on the road is really tough yeah and I'm sure you know like you travel for these courses and like it's really fun and amazing, but it's also not sustainable. It's like, I don't know how Perry does it. Like, it's not sustainable to do it for a long time. And so I'm kind of like, let me not wait till I hate doing it to then be like, ah. <laughs> right. So let me kind of try and shift things while I'm still, you know, passionate about this, that other thing and be able to be like, all right, this is where I want to see myself next year. What do I have to do right now so that I can make that a goal, which is something that, you know, Rock Tape really showed me and Allison from Rock Tape really showed me like, planning out next year and planning out like, okay, where do I want to be? Okay. And then you reverse engineer that. Okay. That means like today I got to start doing these things, start doing these things. And I think you made a perfect example there, like with you know, blending the worlds of, of massage therapy or any kind of manual therapy and movement. Like that's when you have the best success is when you blend right. things. And so what I've, what I'm doing is like going into the digital space and going into the like business side of things and trying to learn from those people and then yeah. bring it into our world. Cause we're, and I'm saying we like physical therapists are pretty far behind. I think personal trainers have been doing it for a long time and they get it because they don't have that guaranteed income from like seeing a gazillion patients a day, even though it sucks. It's like still is guaranteed income. Right. So, like trainers inherently are like, I got to like stay on my stuff. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's apply this to PT and let me bring in the business side. Let me bring in the digital space and see what we can do. Right. And it's, it's just interesting that there's so many different avenues that you could take if you yeah. really just kind of open your mind to it. That's it. You know, so that's like where I am too, where um, like I traveled a lot over uh, 2017 and 2018 taking education courses, like all over the United mm-hmm. States. I even went into uh, Vancouver to take that Ken stretch class. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like the traveling is really hard and learning is really hard too but then teaching like that that course i taught with andy was the first one that i taught and so you know i'm i'm used to teaching groups just from the crossfit Mm -hmm. space but then doing it for like eight hours a day for two days in a row you're like "Uh uh-huh it's a game changer it's a game changer it is and it's such a it's but it's so fulfilling it is absolutely and that's what keeps you doing it is because it is so rewarding it is so fulfilling and that's why you're like okay i want to do more of it but i'm gonna figure out how to refine this so that like it is sustainable and you can like have some longevity within it and because like you said it is so draining that like if you're not passionate about it and not enjoying thoroughly enjoying it it's very difficult to be like okay i'm gonna do this for years and years and years because you're just gonna burn out right and it's just God, yeah, like you said, Perry's a good example because that guy is bananas. And so he's, yeah, so I learned, last year I learned three different courses from him. Yeah. Like from three different modalities. Yeah, exactly. And then he still teaches like two more modalities that I haven't taught. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Exactly. It's just like the bandwidth. I'm like, God, Perry, this is. I know, but then he's learning. Yeah. Constantly. And interviewing people, like the amount of crap that guy does, like in a week is bananas and so how many hours in your week man it's like stress inoculation though kind of you know what i mean yeah yeah, totally totally because you know (laughs) you you do extra training like on top of your crossfit stuff like you couldn't just do that right away and like for the first like couple weeks it was terrible you're sore Mm -hmm. and you can't move at all you know like i came from the competitive crossfit space i know what that's like where 
you walk up to your apartment and you look at the stairs and you're like, mm, I should probably find a bush to sleep under or something because <laughs> I don't know if I can make it up there. But then after a while, your body gets used exactly. to it. And so it's, uh, but then expanding out into the digital space is one thing that I'm really looking forward to because like, especially in the massage uh, modalities, it's really remedial and yep. really archaic. It's like really, really old yeah. information. Yeah. There's a lot of information that's lacking. And I just think that that's a space that I really need to start jumping into. Yeah. And it's uh, and like, it's funny because you're just like, right. You're breaking on the sand and I'm like on the yeah. top of the wave, just looking that's at you. Like, oh, that's what she's doing. Okay. Yeah. Just follow do it. that. Yeah, exactly. That, that has been a big thing with, everything that I do is like, I do it to experience it and do it and like, you know, hopefully be successful in it. But my like bigger vision is getting good at these things and then teaching other practitioners how to do the same thing. I, I mean, ideally I just like them to, you know, learn by watching too. But for right. those that are like, Hey, I want to actually be taught or educated or whatever mentored and how to do that. Then I, I'd like, I, cause like, I think, you know, you, you're the same way we're, we're teachers by, by nature. Right. So like first it's like, do the thing. And then it's like, all right, teach the thing, like good, right. good at the thing and then teach the thing so that you can help everyone else. So it's amazing to have the early adopters that are like you that are just like, okay, I can do it. I see you doing it. And that's like amazing to me. I love it when people are like, I watched you and you inspired me to do this. And I'm like, amazing. Cause that means that you're inspiring someone else. And that's right. like a huge effect. That was one of the first things I noticed with teaching was like, I don't really like treating. So I stopped doing it. But yeah. in terms of like the effect you can have, like when I was treating more, I loved it, but your effect is your, you know, your effect size is one-on-one -on -one or like however many people you treat that day, that week, that month, whatever. Right. Then you go into like the digital space or excuse me, into teaching. And suddenly you're like, I'm teaching 20 people, whatever, 10 people, 12 people, 20 people at a class, or if they overbook it, 60 people, whatever, right? right. <laughs> All these people. And suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, that means that they're going to go back and either treat their patients that way, or they'll tell someone else. And it's suddenly this ripple effect. And then you go to the digital space and you're just like, holy smokes, your effect can be worldwide. Right. And like this is unreal. And then it just becomes a matter of what content it is that you're that you're helping people with, whether it's, you know, in my case, movement or whether it goes into teaching more of like the, the digital stuff, the business stuff, whatever, coaching side of things. Like it's just amazing what you can do. Right. And it's so interesting because there's so many people like th there's a lot of shit going on in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so many people that are like, well, what about Syria? And I'm like, what are you going to yeah. do about Syria? <laughs> like what what's your plan like so, like you're not a high-ranking government official what's your plan so like but if you can like start teaching like yes. like if you like look at what like perry's doing he's creating this army of practitioners that are out there doing good for people exactly you know what i mean and like i took his uh functional health solutions right. course with dr uh stuart Galepsi, and just like understanding like what could potentially be causing a majority of people's inflammation yeah. is huge. huge. And it's a, it's a huge, like, instead of treating the symptoms, treating the cause, like, yeah. you know, cause like, I think uh, Andy stole this from your workshop, but like, instead of like looking, you have to put the fire out first yeah, and then you have to figure out what caused the fire. 
Exactly. But for the most part, we're just putting out fires. Exactly. We're never looking for the cause ever. That's where right. we have big problems. You see, it's like so divisive on social media where it's either people that are just putting out the fires or people that are yelling at people for just putting out the fires. But no, not enough people are being like, hey, put out the fire, then go, treat, go find what caused it. Like, do it all. Do both. Like, yeah, do all the things. Why do we have to be so black and white? Yeah, all the like time? have like a team and it's like, I'm on this side, I'm on this I'm like, we're all trying to help people. So like... If they're really good, if that person is really good at putting out fires and let them do their thing and just educate people that, all right, after that, they have to do this. If you're really good at finding the cause, okay, then maybe just stay with that and, and you know, collaborate with this person that's better at putting out the fire. And we all work together. The patients get better. We educate the patients. And that's how, in my opinion, we're actually going to reform things like healthcare because it's not going to come. Like you said, we're not high-ranking government agents or individuals. Right. Right. Our, like, our complaints don't matter, but right. we can educate from the bottom up and we can really f- change things. Like when you create an informed consumer, you have created someone with so much power because now they know like, oh, that, that provider isn't good. Actually, I should be advocating for myself more. Actually, I don't need that surgery. Actually, I don't need those drugs. But people right. don't know any better. And if we're as providers just arguing with each other all the time, like where's the study for that? How do you have proof for that? It's like, you're missing the bigger picture, people. Oh my God. And that's the biggest thing. And that's where, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing in the pain science community right now. That's driving me crazy. And so, you know, the rock tape, I think is, is really good at that being like, this is what we need to do. This is the science that we have. This is how you affect this. And this is how you affect that. But then there's, there's people that are, well, there's no scientific evidence that manual therapy works at all. I'm like, who cares? Does it make that person feel better? That's all that matters. I I almost feel like the people that lead with that have never, one of two things. They've never been injured or had any kind of pain in their whole life. Right. Or like their mom and dad didn't hug them enough as a kid. And now they're like (laughs) fucking angry at the world because I'm like, what happens when you're upset? What, like, what do you, what happens when you hurt your back? When you have some sort of nerve pain, because nerve pain is really one of the worst, right? Like, right. I hurt my back in, in, in PT school, actually, funny enough, oh. and no one there could help me. It was always like, this, did I make the right decision going into this? <laughs> right? So I hurt my back in PT school, and like, I had symptoms on my leg. It was like nothing I've ever experienced. And when you're in the thick of it, you will do anything. Right. You don't want someone telling you that it's an output from your brain. You're just like, touch the area, do something, make me feel better, make this go away. I don't care what your degree is, make this feel better. Right. And providers like, need to realize that, like, help the patient first, worry about your patients first. I think that we worry so much about what other providers are doing. And there's like almost this like God complex right now, I think, in the social media space, especially amongst PTs, where it's like, they feel the need to police things and like, make sure that everyone's doing the best practices. And instead of just being like, this is what I believe, this is how, why I think it works, this is the successes that I've had, and now I'm going to go talk to my patients about it and like spread right. that message instead of worrying about like, oh, what is that provider doing? We're like, that's not going to change anything, right? You don't put out a fire with more fire. Right. You do the opposite. Like go <laughs> and educate your patients. You know, you're in the middle of a fire right now. Like they're not like, oh, dump more fire on it. That's yeah. That's it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Oh, and then so just people talking about, well, why aren't, they doing this or why are they doing that? Or, you know, the, well, like speaking on the fire thing, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like that fire was 1800 acres and they had 
400 people on the ground. And I'm like, I thought I was kind of overwhelmed. But then I started thinking about that. And I was like, what do you even, where do you even start? Where do you? So like if somebody comes into me with like low back pain, I'm like, cool. I have so many tools. Let's start with what works for most people. And if that doesn't work for you, then I move on to this and then that and then this. And then, you know, like that's why like a a mom kissing a scrape and then blowing on it makes it feel better. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> let's let's figure it out. Like, like, I love it. like that the but there's just these pain science guys that are just like, well, none of this stuff works. I'm like, that's not true. It works. It's not true though. Like we've yeah. seen it firsthand. And when people say that, all they're doing is confusing new grads, you know, other other professionals, and they're confusing patients because patients are like, Well, then what do I do? What should I be doing? Like, thank you for telling me all the ninety thousand things that don't work, but Right. Back pain. So what should I do? Or the student then that listens to this and reads this and is like, but I worked on these drills with my patients and they got better. And you're telling me it doesn't work. I use tape on my patient as part of a comprehensive program and they got better. Right. What do I do now? How do I reconcile this? Now these students are wasting time with this instead of being like, okay, let me have some critical thinking. Like, this is what I think is going on. This is what I've read. This is what's being said. This helped that patient. Let me ask that patient what their experience was. And then let me just have this in my toolbox so that next time I have something I can try. And if it doesn't work, I go to the next thing. Right. God. It seems so easy. <laughs> I really feel like it should be that easy. I don't, I think we, we get so caught up in trying to be right instead of trying to be helpful. Right. So you know? the, something that I've been focusing on a lot lately is that, uh, and I read this in a book called The Brain Always Wins. And so it's that humans, um, the way that we understand is through metaphors. Mm-hmm. And so that's how, you know, the the rock tape, like I haven't had the pleasure of being taught by you yet, but like a lot, I've learned a lot from a lot of rock tape instructors and they're really good at using metaphors. Yes, absolutely. And that's how people understand stuff. And so different people understand different metaphors, but it's exactly. also like the way that they talk is really important and the way that you talk to them is really important. Yeah. And so it's, it's the, if you start eliminating metaphors that have worked for them in the past, then it, it gets really overwhelming for them yes. and then they just kind of give up. Yes. And that's, and man, You're it's so right. It's so interesting. I, I had a, a client on my table the other day so and right. she, she was coming in with like neck pain and I hit this spot. And she said, that spot right there is an immovable brick wall. And I was like, wow, okay. So who is the immovable brick wall in your life? And then she really started like Mm -hmm. unpacking this person who just can't seem to move forward in their life. And she feels this overwhelming need to like take care of the person. And so just her talking about it and understanding where that pain comes in combination yes. with all the modalities that I was using to get rid of her neck pain made her feel better and had a, a, a deep understanding of like what is going on with her That's neck. Huge. And it's That's so, huge. it's so crazy. But then, you know, we're just, I love that you didn't tell her no. Right. You no, know, like I think so. Some people, the immediate knee jerk reaction is to like be really empowering and positive. And, it, and I love that you said when you start to strip these people of metaphors that have worked for them in the past and the way that they understand things, it makes it worse. 
Right. And I was like, oh, well then what? Like, I love that you weren't like, no, it's not. Like you are resilient and you are robust. You were actually just asked her more questions, which is the best way to get an answer. That is right. And we both, I think, posted that um, on the same day. Like questions solve problems. Yeah. And so yeah. the more questions that you ask yourself, the more problems that you can solve, right? Absolutely. And so, and you know, your your clients appreciate that too. If you're just sitting there being like, okay, this isn't working, what's happening? Yeah. And then if you just sit there and have this discussion with them, then you can usually figure it out instead of, you know, going back and starting to think about how much of a failure you are because, exactly. first, you know, because I keep going back to, keeping it simple, which I think is such an important thing because, you know, like if you have this passion about something, just do it. Or if this is, if this is something that's bothering you, fix it. And it's that simple, but we are so complicated. Exactly. It's really, absolutely. All right. Simple is not easy for sure. Simple is not easy. Boom. That's the post (laughs) for the day. (laughs) Not easy, but it's what we need to default to because then people tend to go to the opposite and they think that more complex is the answer, right? right? And it's just like, no, we're saying that we need you to start with these foundational things. These very like rudimentary, like do this first, here's your problem. Like put the steps or take the steps to actually address that thing. But we love to just add, right? People love to like add more, add more, add more, instead of trying to subtract and go back and address those like beginning things because it's not easy to do that. It's definitely easier to just keep adding and take more supplements and take more of this and do more of this instead of being like, what can I cut out to help with this? What can I do less of to help with this? Right. And so, you know, like CrossFit's a really good metaphor for a lot of people. If you really start paying attention to how they move and how they think about what they're doing and and what CrossFit is to them, Mm -hmm. really start to understand a lot about them as a person. And so, you know, yes. f- like for me, um, and you know, this is just, you know, over a decade of coaching it, this is something that I have, um, observed over time. And like women overthink more than men do. Mm-hmm. Like if you have, mm-hmm. if there's a deadlift bar, men are just like, go and pick it up. And pick if they up. pick it up, great. And if they don't, they're like, well, shit. And then, <laughs> you know, but women are like, I yeah. don't know that's kind of heavy. And I'm like, how do you know? You haven't even touched touched it. it. Yeah, you're right. But then once women get past that point of overthinking and then just try, they just go crazy. You know what I mean? Then you're just like, look at this amazing (laughs) thing you're doing. You know what I mean? But so, but there's like, that being said, there are men that overthink as well and women that don't. So it Mm -hmm. doesn't, it's not like specific, but. but Totally know what you mean. Right. And so, you know, but then they, if there's people that start to get, you know, anxious about their performance or anxious, like overly anxious about what they're eating and how they're eating, then that like really translates to, mm-hmm. it's just like, Absolutely. the way that people perform mm-hmm. is the way that they, they live their life essentially. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. And so I think that's where movement along with whatever your modality is, whether it's PT, chiropractic, is really, really important. 
hands, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think just watching how someone moves and how they approach, and I, I love CrossFit for this reason. It's like, like you said, it's such an insight into that person's personality because how you move is dictated by your nervous system. Your personality is going to be, you know, reflected by that same thing. And so how they approach this, how they think about it, how do they deal with these situations? Like it speaks to that person. So I sound like, like you said, that's one of the reasons that I do love movement as a, um, an initial, I guess we could say, an initial entry point to improvement of anything because we can right. feel it. So right. when you have someone, I love that you use the deadlift. When we have someone that couldn't, couldn't, were scared to pick up the bar and then suddenly you have an amazing coach like you and then they're like deadlifting body weight, especially in women, right? They didn't yeah. think that was, they're deadlifting over 100 pounds of deadlifting body weight. It suddenly they start to say, what else can I do? Right. Like, you can you have this physical transformation and you can feel it and now it's like what else can i do which is why i think it's not surprising to see a lot of coaches go from coaching movement whether it's that they do crossfit or whatever and then start going towards like the lifestyle mindset like life coaching because you see these people i'm sure it's happened to you a gazillion times undergo these huge life transformations that start with movement. They go to the gym and they realize that they change and they're like, oh my God, I'm capable of so much. What else can I do? And that's really been, you know, my story was going and, and, and starting as a physical therapist, like treating and, and then seeing all these, this evolution of the people undergo and seeing these transformations and then being like, okay, I want to, I want to do more like one-on-one -on -one stuff. I want to do more, more, uh, my own courses and then being like, I want to help people with more of the lifestyle business side of things. Cause it's right. like, I realize I'm like how in incredible these transformations can be. Right. And so it's, um, it's really just indicative of that, just what that person can accomplish. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I love CrossFit so much is because it's it's that gateway and the reason why I don't practice it or teach it anymore is just my own personal reasons yeah. and my own personal bias based on individual people evolution man right but it's like yeah. they you know the, the, and that's how I am really encouraging for people too. just like well I want to be an artist get it yeah yeah so like yeah so <laughs> and you know like Gary Vaynerchuk is always talking about doing the time on it right like well, I don't have time. That's not true. You yeah. know, because if I limit my time on Instagram from my yeah. morning post and then my evening post, then all of a sudden I have like four hours in a day that I can, exactly. you know exactly. what I mean? Like which you'll is, make the time. Right. Which is difficult. Just trying to build a brand and really focusing on the brand. That's a lot of hard work. Uh -huh. And so, you, <laughs> but if there's days where I need to accomplish more stuff, I just balance it away go. from that and then towards this there and you, go. you know so that's where like for people Shifts. like i have a uh, one of my clients are always like you should be a trainer you're really good and you can talk to people in a way that i can't and she's like oh well okay and i'm like that was easy <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so it's good because it's just such a it's such a fulfilling way to help people influence their lives you it, know it really changed lives and it's so like you know i have been doing more and more trying to get into like the personal training space. And I just did that Instagram challenge and it was interesting to see like who my, dem who my demographic is now. And there's a lot of trainers, there's a lot of um, yoga uh, practitioners, yoga providers. There's a lot of um, 
uh, like Pilates instructors within my demographic now that I'm reaching. And yeah. I think that's so important. Like I love seeing the, mel- the blending of all of these worlds. And I love that you, you know, you and Andy are doing this because that is literally the only way that we're going to be able to, to go move forward. And understanding that personal trainers, massage therapists, yoga instructors, they are first line providers. Yeah. I am not a first line provider. People, what was the, what was the phrase? I'm trying to think of who I was talking to the other day. Uh, maybe it was, was it Danny? I'm trying to remember who I was talking to. Either way, he said, PT, oh, I was talking to um, Santo from Victory Performance PT. And he was just like, PT is a grudge purchase. And I was like, yeah. It is. Like, people don't want to go to PT. People don't like, enjoy going to PT. They go because they have to. There's something is hurting on them, and now they have to go. So, I mean, PTs are you know, intelligently trying to reframe things, but trainers, massage therapists, yoga, Pilates, people go to those because they want to be there. And right. so even if their back hurts, they're going there first. They're going there anyway because they're like, I will continue to do this thing until like I can't do it. And then I have to go and have my grudge purchase. So we need to be collaborating with all the disciplines because you guys are going to see a whole hell of a lot more people than I am. Right. And so if we don't have, if we're not speaking the same language, if we're not privy to the same kind of education and foundational principles, that's when we have huge problems. Like you are the beginning of the funnel. They go right. to see you guys first. So we need to make sure that we're all doing the same thing and not worried about like, oh, I see so much of it of like, you know, people talk about the like PT versus Cairo thing, but I see more of the PT and Cairo versus personal trainer thing. Well, and, it's, and, very like, and then there's like massage therapists are at the very bottom of yes. the list. And, and that's, yes. that's, I feel my legacy is to try and give massage therapy some legitimacy within those groups of people because, and I figured it out because I was watching friends episodes and I was like, Phoebe, Mm -hmm. she screwed it up for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And and so so that's, but I've had, man, I had a chiropractor in town who, um, uh, I had a client who was having um, SI joint pain. And so he was going to this chiropractor. So I went to him with him to, you know, get the x-ray, see what was going on. And then he found out I was a massage therapist and started like talking to me like I was a five-year-old. And I was like, he's like, this is the SOAS. And I'm like, cool. I got it. Is that his only problem? Like, I know what the SOAS is. Like, oh my God. You know, I don't, that's the problem. That's a huge, huge problem. And I love that what you're, the way that you're, that you're doing this, my friend Kiana doing the same thing, both years massage therapists, like leading from the front and elevating yeah. the profession and being like, this is actually what we know. This is what we do. And let's debunk this, you know, especially in terms of the, the patients. So they know like, actually like, this is what you should expect. This is what you're going to get. This is what a good provider looks like. Cause you're so right. There's just like, so I teach, I teach for rock tape, you know, and yeah. we have these, um, we partnered with this company, Pezzi to like offer our courses through them also. Yeah. And it just so happens that a large, a lot of the, dem, a lot of the demographic that's at these Pezzi courses is a lot of massage therapists, um, a lot of PTAs and it's not as much like no chiropractors, but like a lot of, a lot of massage therapists, especially regionally. And it's interesting because in my opinion, they know way more than the PTs about bodywork. And you should. That's what you guys yeah. do. Hands on. Right. Like, 
you speak to these massage therapists, some of them, it's so humbling because they've been practicing like longer than I've been alive, right? And yeah. you speak to these massage therapists and they know about anatomy trains. They're like, yeah, no shit. We've been talking about this forever. Right? <laughs> right. They understand all of this. Meanwhile, it's like this, the new hot thing and fascia is so cool now like you're in the PT space and these massage therapists are like, we've been telling you this for a gazillion years. We've been to John Barnes 18,000 years ago. Like... Yeah, I went to John Barnes back in 2000, I think. See, like yeah. 19 years ago, like <laughs> 19 yeah. years ago, rock tape didn't even exist then. Like Right, and so it's, but then in the same vein, the only continuing education exactly. that is worth anything for massage therapists is like rock tape type stuff. And so it's been like, opened up. That's the thing. That's why it's so important that it is opened up because what, when I remember graduating from PT school and like the argument being like, should this be open to other providers and other, and I'm like, everyone should be able to go. Like, I'm not giving you the same thing. Like you should go and learn and then like go forth and be safe. Like, I don't understand. I'm not giving, I I don't, I'm not putting like a scalpel in your hand. Like, it's okay. Yeah. So the, the, you know, a majority of the education that I've taken over the last uh, three or four years has not counted towards my massage yeah. education. Yeah. So like all the DNS stuff, the mm-hmm. FRC stuff, you know, Courtney yeah. and, and Lavaca's uh, top down, bottom up, like all of Dr. Perry's stuff, none of that stuff counts. Yeah. But it's all, it's all critically important to the understanding of people. Absolutely. How they function and how they work. And so that's what I really want to start working towards is giving people legitimate education. And so um, that's, up to snuff, like, you know, the, the, like the biopsychosocial model is so important mm-hmm. and, and it's knowing about it, understanding yeah, it and understanding it. And, and, you know, the nervous system just in general, like the, you know, I'm just going to take uh, clinical neurodynamics with Michael Shacklock in yeah. November. And that's going to be a huge game changer for me because that's one more tool in the toolbox. Yes. You know? And, but none of that stuff counts like yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of education. Not. Yeah. I, I hope that people hear that and they realize that like the majority of good classes that are actually going to benefit you and actually going to help your patients are not going to give you CEUs. It's right. very difficult to get CEUs. Um, it's a very time consuming process. And then to do it across multiple disciplines is really, so it's not like it's one governing body, right? It's right. like every discipline, every state. It, it's a lot. That's why I don't, I don't offer them for my courses. It's too, it's too hard. Right. But that's why there are other platforms out there. Like at least in the PT space, it's like go on MedBridge, get your, required hours it's actually the the information on there is actually good and then you have to be willing to invest in yourself like so so important because that's how you're going to stand out that's how you're going to help your patients the most right and so i have a lot of people um that i'm trying to sell my course to and they're they're well does it count for ceus nope well i can't do it yeah and you're gonna face that and i I strategically put on the front of my my when i'm marketing i'm like no there are no ceus and I think it's a nice self-limiting kind of vetting process, if you will. Not self-limiting. It's more of a vetting process where it's like, okay, if these people are only coming for this, for CEU, if these people are not willing to invest in themselves, I don't want you there anyway. If you can't afford it, I get it. I'm not saying I get it. There's going to be some that you lose because of that. But in general, if the only reason someone's coming is for these reasons, like I don't want you in this space because you're going to, you're going to, the energy that you're going to bring, no good. Well, the because the, the people that seek out those courses are extraordinarily determined people. Yes, and exactly. So, and those are the people that I need to surround myself with. There you go. Yeah, and so it's interesting because, uh, you know, 
me and, and the course that Andy and I taught in, at his gym in San Diego was, you know, just amazing. And it was like, mm-hmm. so there were 16 people there. It was great. Awesome. And so now I'm in this small town and everybody is super competitive. And so like, you know, Flagstaff's only, I think we're at 27,000 people or something like that. And so there's, you know, compared to like San Diego where there's millions of people (laughs) and like, that's one thing that I really, it really bums me out is, and the reason why I wanted to go to these courses so much is because there's such a community, you know, Mm -hmm. when you go to San Diego and all the gyms that are represented at these courses that Andy hosts. Yeah. And then here it's like, I'm trying to elect a presidential candidate or something. I'm just like, <laughs> what is happening? Like we're not. And you know, then that goes back to, you know, the PT Cairo massage therapist trainer thing. Like who gives a shit? That's we're it. all doing the same thing. That's we're it. all making humans better at being human. Exactly. Here's how it happens. Exactly. Like, you know, like what I was just saying, like there's two CrossFit gyms in town that are competitive and there's one, 150 people at one gym and 50 at another. Like I'm uh, training 12 people right now. And then the guy that I'm partnered at this gym with has like 30 people. And then there's another uh, personal training space just down the, the shopping center from us. And they have like 50 people. So that's like 250 people out of 27,000. There you go. There's a number. There's enough. Exactly. Exactly. People don't see that. They like everyone's going after this super small market, and you're like, the utilization is like less than ten percent right. across the board. Like, go after the other people. <laughs> there's too many. Uh, yeah, everyone we could, to, like realize the value. I'm like, there's too many people. I like, go after that. Right. And so, like, if you look at like and where me and Andy are coming from is just looking at getting people to move without pain and how to progress them from there. Yeah. How many people are in pain? Out of the population of Flagstaff, Arizona, there's a lot. Yeah. There's enough for everybody to go around. There's enough to where if we all operated under the point that there was abundance instead of scarcity, scarcity. then we would just be overwhelmed and inundated with people. We wouldn't, we're like, it's, we have to make satellite gyms for Uh everyone. You know what I mean? Let's figure it out. Let's stop. Let's just stop. Let's. Exactly. I couldn't agree more i I think we're i like to believe that we're trending that way i i do you know curate my world because my world is social media and so i do follow the people that are of that mindset and it's growing absolutely like as long as it's growing slowly yes you know satanic you can't turn it around on a dime Uh, but it is it is growing but when when people ask about like why and why is it like this and it's like hey because of that scarcity mindset and people are so like fearful and just being like hold, trying to hold on to what little bit they have instead of realizing they take a step forward and oh like pick their head up they can see how much more is actually out there right and i think that uh the way that people talk about social media is indicative of the person also oh my like, god yes, like, yes. so what, what we were talking about with the metaphors thing where everybody's like yes. well, social media is so negative i'm like what are you like, talking about what are you following what are you doing <laughs> if you're negative then like Right. So, right. So when I'm looking on Facebook, I only see <laughs> videos of puppies and people scaring the shit out of each other. All right. That's all I see. So that no, means that that's what video, I'm paying attention to. There was one that went around and it's the guy that he attaches like a fake snake to people. Oh, yeah. 
which is strange. You have to stay attached to you. I watched that thing like three times. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> it is. And there's like these compilation videos of people jumping out of boxes and exactly. trash. I'm like, this is great. Like that you can, you will find what you're looking for. <laughs> negativity, you're going to find it. If you're looking for some happiness and good people, it is absolutely on there. A billion people use Instagram. There's plenty of good on it. You just right. explore it. Right. And then, you know, the other videos I see are like the, the people that um, do the, the, the captioning for all the dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. I'll watch like eight of those videos in a row. It makes my day. <laughs> They're so good. It is. It's like, this is a great day and it's fine. Like, yeah. I love that you said that. It, it's totally indicative of, you know, a person's viewpoint on, on so many things, but definitely. Uh, and so like my Instagram feed is a thousand people that I want to learn from. There you go. There and you that's go. that's what I do. And so every time there I get on Instagram, I'm like, wow, what's that guy doing? How's that? Like, so my, my movement practice right now is just focused on variability and like how how many different ways can I move my body? And if I can't move it that way, then how do I get there? And like wow. you were talking about that. You had that mobility post the other day that I commented on. Like, you know, do you follow beard the best you can be? Mm-mm. Oh my God, that guy. So he's Is that the guy that did the big parody on the, uh, yeah, the Turkish get up. Yeah, the yeah. get up, yeah, with like the sheet and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he has, um, you know, cause Hunter Cook has kind of pulling away, from his training on Instagram to focus more on his clients. Mm-hmm. And so we all miss the hypermobile guy that yes. is incredibly strong at his end ranges. Well, yeah. the beard, the best you can be guy has taken his place. Gotcha. Okay. And is doing all of this crazy shit where you're just <laughs> like, Oh my God. And so that's, a, that brings up a thing. I've talked about this on the podcast of multiple people, but I heard this uh, podcast where, um, what was it called? It was called good enough. And it was the hidden brain podcast. Mm -hmm. And so it was about people who just stopped trying things and it just drove me crazy. So the, the example that they used initially was like, I want to play guitar. Mm -hmm. So then they look up YouTube videos and like, Oh, there's a million. And then, so they go buy a guitar and then they sit down with this instructor and then they're like, this is terrible. This is really hard. And then they just put the guitar away and never touch it again. Yep. And I'm like, so A, how dare you? Because that guy is a master of his craft, so much so that he was able to simplify this incredibly complicated subject and put it into a YouTube video that you can understand. Yeah. And you just thought it was going to be easy? Uh Uh-huh. Well, and then then there was another one. How dare you? I love that. Where this guy was, he um, finally came out as gay. Mm -hmm. And then was like, dating's hard. And then just stopped. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it is. Exactly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so then it's like when you see like somebody like Hunter Cook doing the banana stuff that he does. And now this, gear, this guy, his, his name is Amir Zandanajad and uh, Beard the Best You Can Be. Like when you see him, when I see him do stuff, I'm like, oh, that's two years max for me to get that mobility. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it took me, um, yes. Eight, eight years of CrossFit to do a 500 pound deadlift. Dang. It took me seven years to get to a 225 snatch. Yeah. It, takes yeah. it takes time, like an oh, effort and like commitment. Time. 
and you know so like where you're talking about where well i built this instagram following over time well how come i don't have fifty thousand followers exactly people are like like i've been doing this for five years uh that's why (laughs) right and you're doing it consistently every single day every single day like you get to see snippets of it and people it's interesting you're tying back to what you said before people will blame social media on that and like oh social media only shows the highlights and it's like okay but also you are an individual with a brain and you should know that it's going to take time like don't blame right. social media and be like oh well it showed that it was easy and it's like you were dumb enough to believe it like right it's time this Nothing, is the nature of it <laughs> if it's worth it it's going to be hard yes. and so that's a post that i put the other day like yes you found your passion no it's not going to be easy no. and so i think that there's this common misconception where you know oh i'm an entrepreneur now and i find my passion so it's just going to be yeah, it's like oh, it's totally easy, easy. You're yeah like, it's going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy well that's yeah. not true oh. it's going to be difficult difficult lemon difficult and some <laughs> of the time, sometimes you're going to be freaking out so yes. like right now you know my my personal training business is like what's keeping me afloat because my massage side of my business is like really suffering right now because people are more worried about being evacuated from a fire than they are getting their massage or they are on vacation with their kids yeah, summer, yeah. or yeah. So it's like that shit dips and Absolutely. it sucks. And so if you have a backup plan, like passive income, like you said, is not going to be easy peasy either. It's going to, you're going to have to work at it. Just like, you know, um, I'm a month out of teaching my second course with Andy and I'm freaking out. It's a lot of stress promoting for yourself. Dude, I know. But the flip side is that it's stress that you're willing to deal with. You know, I can, as long as you're moving, moving in a direction and that could be totally working for someone, as long as you're moving in a direction where you're like, the problems that I face are still problems, but Mm -hmm. I want, I don't mind finding solutions to them. It's when you're in a place where you're like, I have these problems and I don't even want to deal with them. I hate this. Like that's when you're like, oh, I'm kind of screwed. But oftentimes when you take these leaps and you're going in this entrepreneurial entrepreneurial direction, you'll have problems, but suddenly you're like, I'm willing to take the time to try and figure out what I need to do. Or I'm willing to stay up late and do this. I'm willing to work extra hours. I'm willing to go and what do whatever in order to move forward because these are good problems to have at the end, you know, at the end of the day. Right. And then, you know, you were talking about earlier how you didn't sleep and yeah. I wonder Who how, said that? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Perry Nicholson. Is that he definitely doesn't sleep. sleep? I don't yeah. think he's, he's finally on vacation right now. I just talked to him like two days ago. He's finally going with his family. We'll see if he actually like takes a break from it. But you know, the flip side again is that like when you love what you're doing, you don't mind doing it all the time. Like, yes, right. there's definitely too much of a good thing and you do need to take a break. But like, that's the reality. Danny actually did a podcast about this not too long ago. Like, the, the reality of passive income, that it's not passive and that yeah. you don't see the other things behind the scenes where like, you know, on Sunday, he's doing a podcast or like, you know, you're doing a podcast right now in the middle of the day, people just see the end product, but you don't mind doing it because it is something that you're so passionate about, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Right. And so, you know, I often tell people I work every day. So people yeah. are like, how was your weekend? I was like, I don't know. I worked. Yeah, I worked. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, <laughs> Sorry. And I'm like, no, it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. You're like, I love doing it. And yeah. Well, and then, you know, Dr. Andrea Ospina, like I love that guy has a message that really resonates with me too. And every time I hear that guy talk, I'm like, do you sleep mm-hmm. either? What, do you, what is it with you? Frank it out. You <laughs> yeah. It's no, so things. good. But you know, like Perry probably needs to go like he'll be on vacation and figure out a different avenue that he hasn't approached yet. Exactly. And come back with something completely new. Yeah. 
that's that's when you get those inspirations. You have the moment away from things, and you're like, oh, there's something else that can be done. It's it's really inspiring to watch other people, and you know, I think that anyone that's an, an entrepreneur of any sort, like listening to this, that is one of the best things. Because in the beginning, you kind of get scared of like, what if I run out of ideas? Because you can be super passionate about something, but you're like, what if I run out of ideas? And then you start to realize like. Go as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll see farther. Because as right. you're doing the thing, something else comes along. So I just did that challenge, and I had no intention of doing really anything else outside of it. I said I'd do the challenge, and at the end of it, I had made a course that people could buy. That was like the, my whole that was it, my whole vision. Right. And like halfway through, I'm getting these questions, and people are like, "I want more. I want more, you know, of of a coaching, you know, out of this." And so from that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to create this other thing, which then leads to this other thing, this other thing. And so I think, you know, people that are worried about like, oh my God, if I run out of ideas, like you just, like you said before, you just get started because once you get to that point, you're in a new, you're in a completely new place and all these other ideas come to you and these other inspirations and questions and such. And then you go to the next step and the next step and the next step. Right. And so every once in a while, and this was a point that I hit yesterday where you realize you take a second and kind of realize how overwhelming it all is. But then the next day you're back in it again. Yeah. Then you're just going. Uh-huh. So it's like when you're climbing, you're climbing that mountain and then you get to the false summit and you're like, shit. <laughs> okay. And you just go do it. Here we go. Yeah. And then you just start climbing again, you know? Yeah. So, you know, teaching with Andy put me six years ahead of my 10 year goal. I really wanted to be a teacher by 10 years in, but then you just start, you just start making habits in the direction of what you want to do. And then all of a sudden that's what you're doing. Yes. You know, so like uh, two years ago, I was talking to people uh, about starting a podcast with me. And then um, I interviewed a friend of mine named uh, Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. And he was like, why don't you have a microphone? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're a podcaster. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) well, all right. I better get a microphone. (laughs) But that was 32 episodes in. And you're like, all right, well, now I know. Oh, I should probably do what I'm doing then, I guess. Like, just better. And now you can totally tell the difference between, like, interviews where somebody has a microphone and somebody doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. And these things you learn as you go, though. And I think you need to be okay doing that. And also, I'm reading this book. um, Danny, again, recommended it. The War of Art. So not the art of war. It's the War of Art. And the whole premise behind it is, like, we create so many things inherently to stop us from doing the thing your mantra and how you live your life jesse is very different than most people right most people would be like instead of starting the podcast they'd be like oh but i probably have to like get a mic i guess i don't know what mic to get and i have to like get this thing i don't know what to get instead of just either a doing the thing or asking someone who's done it and been like what do i need to do okay i'm getting it right now and i'm going to start people will create all of these things all of these steps stops them they call it the resistance stops them from doing the thing because doing the actual thing is so freaking hard it's simple but it's not easy and so yeah. these barriers just pick up the deadlift man do like, it just try it. it out pick it up so, man yeah try so out. like you know my my first thing was like how do i record these conversations well i need a recorder on my phone cool so i did that and then that recorder had like cataclysmic fail and i had a just such a phenomenal interview with Joe Lavaca. Joe, he said that, yeah. Joe yeah. That. And it just didn't record. And I was like, <laughs> just the amount of fury mm-hmm. I had that that, video, that 
conversation couldn't be shared with the world because it was like the one that you had with him where he was like really vulnerable. Yeah. And you know, you, that's like one thing that you see on, um, on like social media is like, regardless of what you're posting, it's just your successes, right? So like, it's you making your course, you doing your online stuff, you teaching your rock tape. That's all, that's all success to people. Yeah. But then you hear Joe Lavaca be like, hey, man, I got fired. Yeah. And you're like, really oh, like, what? so you are just like the rest of us. Uh-huh. Okay. Humanizes so, people. Yeah, yeah. And then you just persevered just like we all do. And so yeah. that's one thing that like I really love about these uh, long form conversations is you get to hear the human side of people and you get to be yes. like, Oh, so Shante struggles and Perry yeah. struggles and everybody struggles. We're not all Absolutely. just cruising down this road of majestic beauty. We're some of us get on the struggle bus for a little Absolutely. bit. Yeah. And it's really, Absolutely. it's really helpful. So, you know, speaking on that, like you deciding that you didn't want to treat anymore, I think was just this crazy amount of courage. It's, crazy and so I have a lot of people that are my clients and my friends who I'm just like man if you just quit your job yeah you'd be so much happier and so much less pain you know and um, a lot of them are nurses you know and so that's a big Mm -hmm. obstacle is you know, once you get to like a certain point, and this is something I completely understand, by the way, like mm-hmm. once you get to a certain point where you spent so much money on your Absolutely. education that you're just like, mm, God, I can't quit this job because I invested so much to get yeah. and so much student loans or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I finally paid off my student loans and now I have this career, but it's so hard on me and it's so detrimental. It's not really what I wanted to do, but it seemed like a viable career at the time. And then you just having the courage to be like, you know what? I don't like it. And I'm just like, yes. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Like it was, you know, in putting that episode out, it was a long time coming for that episode. And I didn't realize that it would be received. It received, it was received very well. There was no one that was like, ah, you're a fake but it was received really well. And I didn't, I, part of me didn't want to put it out yet because what has brought me to where I am today in terms of any kind of success, whatever you measure that by, was my clinical background, right? right. And then like treating and like talking about movement and that I understand movement. And so I was like, if I tell people I don't treat, I don't like treating, are they going to be like, you're a fraud? Right, so part of me was like, let me hold off on this. Actually, when, when Jill Miller had her hip surgery, she called me before and she's phenomenal. And she was just like, so, and this is before she announced it. She was like, I have to get hip surgery. I'm terrified to tell people and put it on social media because I don't want them to think that everything I've been promoting doesn't work and is a lie. And it was just like, you know, it's totally opposite. Like all the stuff that you've been promoting and talking about is what allowed you to not need that hip replacement for so long, actually. And it's now it's going to be what actually gets you through this hip replacement very, very, very quickly. But you get nervous because it's like this is this audience has been with me on this journey for years, and I don't want them to think that it was all of the time that they've been invested in me was a hoax, you know. And so it was like, oh, should I put it out? And then I had just been getting so many messages and things, and also just like wanting to like talk about this uh, and put it out there and be like, let's like you said, 
the the healing that can occur for those people that are in pain, the the, the transformations that can occur when you when you do take that step. And I think I want to call it a step, not just a, not necessarily a leap, because I did have a ton of systems in place. I didn't just like say I don't like treating and then stop doing it. Right? Like I haven't really loved treating for a long time, but I was still doing it because it, it is. I just, you know you still get fulfillment out of it. I still love you know the patients that you're with. But I was like, all right, I have to put other things in place, which is started when I took the rock tape job so that I could be like, I have this other income so that I can do more of that, do less of this. And then when it gets to a point where ultimately I'm like, all right, I don't want to do this. It's, it's not something that I'm like super passionate about. I can take that step forward and, you know, remove that other thing from, from my life. But I, I totally hear you and agree. Like when people first start thinking about it, it's like, how could I even do that? But it's if you can never get, it is because you're like, oh my God, there's like, you think of all these things. That's again, though, speaking to that book, The War of Art, like it's all these things that we put in our, in place so that we don't do the thing because it's much easier to keep going than to do the thing. And I'm not saying it's going to, you know, happen overnight that you're going to get a new job, but even if it's 10 years from now, like that time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well be putting things in place to get you somewhere that you're going to be happier in 10 years, 15, whatever, 20 years, it doesn't matter. The time's going to pass regardless. So yeah, you just take five minutes a day. It doesn't matter that you're starting to work towards that thing that at some point can, can help you take that, make that transformation, the transition. It's worth it. I like that you called it a step Yeah. instead of a leap because that implies that you had already taken a majority yeah. of your steps previous to that one. Absolutely. And so that, you know, that's important. But I also think the shock factor of, telling people to quit their job gets them thinking in that direction sometimes. Yes. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, absolutely like the, the Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm sure he's influenced you quite a bit as well. But like he had that one post like two years ago where this lady was like, say one phrase to me that will change my life forever. And he said, you will die. And she was like, he was like, <laughs> yeah, you need to act accordingly. Yeah. Like you're going <laughs> to die. <laughs> so like do it doing what you want to do you know what i mean um, and it's it's uh you know we had a death in the family um just recently like a month ago just I'm a month and a half ago um thank you i appreciate that but it was like you know in that final moment like the only thing that is present is unconditional love there's no anxiety there's no depression there's no woe is me there's no woe is them it's like it's and and that that's what you know it triggered me and that's mm -hmm. where i'm like get home and i'm like hey all this gym versus gym like oh. gang affiliation bullshit mm -hmm. it's all bullshit yeah we're all doing the same thing and we have a yeah. finite amount of time on this earth to affect the people around us and so mm -hmm. you know the the best way to do that is by spreading as much knowledge as you have and that's like you know i think one thing that you were kind of alluding to um is imposter syndrome which yeah. is something that i had like yeah you know a month out from uh teaching this course with andy i was like do i know what the fuck i'm talking about absolutely you know what i mean and so then, real and it's it's and then you like even regardless of how temporary it was i'm not sure but you just realizing that your whole identity was as this doctor of physical therapy yeah. and then you know thinking like i would say you know completing the atrocity of thinking that that's your only value mm -hmm. is yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you're just like, uh, and then, you know, I think in speaking to the power of social media, that's when you start to call on it and realize the messages you've been getting and realize the connections that you've made. And you're just like, all right, I'm going to take this next step. And these people support you and you reach out to them and, and, and take those, those steps. Cause I, I love that you, you, you know, said that too. It's not like a, it, it's not this big leap. It's not like I'm leaping like, you know, 20 feet. It was really like, you've been doing all of these things, putting this all in place. It's just taking one step forward and realizing that because you have been taking these steps and also in my case, doing it very publicly, people have been along for the ride with you and they're okay with you pivoting. They're okay with you going this new direction because they're like, you've, you've given us nothing but truth this whole time. Like, we're not going to be like, oh my God, but it isn't, you know, just like with anything else, it is scary initially. And then you're like, you do with those moments of imposter syndrome. Do I actually know this? Do I actually qualify for this? Whatever, this is any other thing. But I heard a great quote on a um, Claire, Pels, Claire Pelletro's podcast, um, the Get Paid podcast. And she interviewed this woman, Brooke, and, uh, Brooke Castillo. And Brooke said, you don't gain the confidence by delaying the decision. Right? You gain the confidence by taking action. And right. I was like, that's, it like pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off is does nothing but push it off. Right. It's, it's like, that's all you're doing. Like you're not gonna get more confident about the thing until you, like Jesse's been saying this whole time, do the thing, pick up the bar. Right. Just pick up the deadlift. Pick bro. up the bar. Like, that's it. Just pick it up. Like you're not going to get more confidence by standing here. Like go right. try. And so <laughs> and then- my, my whole trick with the deadlift, by the way, is I start loading their bar for them because yes. everybody has patterns, right? Uh-huh, everybody, everybody loads in patterns. Mm-hmm. And so um, with all of these women, plus some of the men, I load the bar for them so that they can add. Yeah. And then by the time they pick it up, they're like, how much was like it? One of my clients the other day um, did a three fifty. She did a 315 pound deadlift. <laughs> and I was like, what? You need to be a power lifter. And she's like, what do you yeah. mean? Uh, like, what? You pulling 315. Yeah. What? I know. And so, you know, I haven't been doing deadlift cycles, wow. but like, you know, I have a, a baseline of strength that I think that I should do. And that's pulling 405 for two. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at her as I kept making her add this weight. And I was like, man, if I put her through like five strength cycles, yeah. she's lifting more than me. Exactly. I'm like, she's yeah. Pull. That's it's oh man, and just like, but then it's like, but then after that, I'm like, hey, you could be this, yeah. And she's like, you're right, because boom, I did that 315 deadlift, and yeah, I did am- some. I, that's you amazing, know? yeah, that's amazing. I yeah. love that you're bringing in some neurological trickery there, like when you know, everything that we do and everything that I look at because of our backgrounds and you know, backgrounds with movement and backgrounds with understanding the neurology of things, or you know quote unquote, understanding the neurology of things like right. see why doing something like that could help that person. And when we don't, and the same thing applies to anything. When we don't know necessarily what is at stake or we don't know what the obstacle is in front of us, we don't create these stories around it and it helps us to succeed. Whether right. it's pulling 315 or applying for a job or posting something. When we right. don't know like, you know, that, that cliche quote or whatever, it's like, what would you try if you knew you couldn't fail? And that's what you just did for that woman because you were just yeah. like, just pick that up. And mm-hmm. then she's like, okay. Like, so <laughs> okay. like a number in your head. Then you're like, oh, I can't do it because I know that I can only do X. And it's like, well, if you tell your nervous system you can't do it, no, you can't do it. It's not going to say yes to you. Right. And so 
she's like, that was kind of heavy. And I'm like, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of heavy. You're right. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the, you know, that's a big thing where, man, a lot of my posts are um, movement based, but even more of them are mindset based. Yeah, it's everything. Because it's just so, it's everything. It's so important. And then, yeah. you know, the, you know, awareness of yourself and then the awareness of other people as well. And yeah. so, um, you know, Brene Brown is my uh, power animal right now. I love it. I uh, was listening to her on Russell Brand's podcast and she mm-hmm. said, you know, once you wrap ar- your head around the fact that everybody's doing the best they can, then your whole entire attitude towards people changes, yeah. you know, and one of the story that she used was there was this lady who was being physically abused by her husband and her daughter was too. And she realized, Oh, he's doing the best he can. So I have to leave it. You know what I mean? Uh Like if you start, you know, looking at where people are at and then start looking at where you are and then constantly reevaluating this stuff. So, you know, the, the, there's all these words kind of, you said, you mentioned fascia earlier, or, you know, being spiritual or mindfulness is like the newest one yeah. where it's just like it gets overused to the point where people think it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, it's a constant practice. That's why monks do it their whole entire life. Exactly. Because there's stuff that you think that you're working on and then it just comes creeping back in and you're like, oh, hey, bro, <laughs> I haven't worked on you in a while. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? He's this comedian. Damn it. Anyway, he's like he has this skit where he's like in the shower and he has those memories pop up and then he does the growl, you know? You're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then his, his wife's like, what's the matter? Oh, the water was too hot. And she's like, again? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill Burr, that's his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but it's like that stuff where if you're working on yourself really hard, then you're putting away all this other stuff that you've worked on previously. And then that comes back and it's this mm-hmm. constant evolution of stuff that Evaluation. you're Evaluation. Yeah. But then, you know, like it's the, it goes back to the questions, you know? So in, you know, um, a relationship that I had recently in my life that I, uh, that was, you know, effectively terminated by both par- uh, parties. You had to be, you have to sit there and, uh, get out of your own perspective, get out of your own yeah, way totally and ask yourself, was this person toxic or was I the toxic person yeah. in that relationship? And mm-hmm. if I was the toxic person in that relationship, then how do I fix that? Yeah. And then if they were, then how can I ensure that they're not around that person anymore or what made it toxic? But then the more questions that you ask yourself is so meditation, right? That's exactly what meditation is for yeah. me solving problems yeah. i just sit there with no distractions no music nothing and i just sit there and i'm like okay what's my problem and how do we fix it uh-huh. and is it me or is it them or mm-hmm. is it this or is it that is it what am i afraid of is there you know it's just so powerful just oh, to absolutely. figure that stuff out i think a lot of people i mean it takes work to do that and yeah. People don't want to do that and ask questions and ask questions of themselves, especially because right. uncomfortable and they don't want to be wrong and it takes time and that you you know you hit the nail on the head, you got to do it. Right. And so I think rephrasing 
is an important aspect of that. And so that's what me and Andy were talking about in our course, because we want our course to be um, the hamburger patty and then you just add whatever you want. Yeah. Right. That's it. And so we wanted to um, give people a solid base, but also teaching them how to integrate that stuff within their, within their practice, because Mm -hmm. it takes, you know, it takes a extraordinarily determined person to go to a DNS course and then to go yes. to an FRC course and then figure out how to implement exactly. those tools into your practice. Exactly. Because they don't teach you that. They just inundate you with information. With information. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, you know, what I started telling people, it's not pass or fail. It's test or retest. Yeah. I like that. Did sure. This, did this work? That's it. No. Okay. Try something else. Is, did this work? Yes. Great. Cool. Let's move Thanks on. Stay with it. Yeah. yeah I really like that. You know, and so that's like, you know, what I was talking about with the podcast where I had that, that Joe Lavaca crisis of 2018 or uh-huh. whatever it was. <laughs> and then, you know, okay, so now what? So yeah. that didn't work. And so I lost that conversation forever. So now I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. Exactly. You learn. Add this and I'm going to add that. And that's how you become a better athlete. That's how you become a better practitioner. That's how you become a better businessman. How you become a better wife, husband, brother, exactly sister, human. mom, dad. Yeah. You just, it's test and retest and the failing thing. I think you guys talk about it in the rock tape course quite a bit. Um, and they definitely talk about it in the DNS course where, you know, if a baby fell or failed the first time they tried to walk, then would they just, just gave up? Like, not, not for me. <laughs> like, But the, the people, so I had uh, DJ Murakami on after uh-huh. he was on your podcast and we talked about the concept of, of needing discomfort in order to be comfortable, which I think is interesting because a lot of people avoid discomfort Absolutely. but then inadvertently create discomfort mm-hmm. in order to feel Absolutely. comfortable. Right. And yeah. so I think that that's the, you know, that's why I think that these uh, overweight middle-aged white women are calling the cops on black people a, coffee shops it's mm-hmm. because they need yeah. to create discomfort yeah you know yeah yeah i i think people are like the phrasing of that is confusing but it's spot on that you we avoid these things to try and you avoid the discomfort to try and create more comfort but in the end we end up bucking ourselves over whether you know something again like relating things back to the physical because it's people really understand that it's it's escalators right we are avoiding yeah. taking the stairs avoiding the discomfort of that thereby trying to impart the comfort of actually just this thing is moving us but in the long run becoming more unhealthy becoming more sedentary and creating more discomfort disease obesity things like that in our lives for sure right and my friend um she says choose your heart you have to choose yeah. your heart. Which one is more difficult? You yeah. know what I mean? Like getting on that Peloton bike for an hour or eating that burrito because one of them is going to cause more discomfort later and the other uh-huh. one's going to cause it more now. People forget about the, the future. It's like, it's, yes, I want you to live in the now, but understand the ramifications of your actions now because that discomfort later is going to be way worse. Right. And, so, going on right now. and then so Gary Vaynerchuk talks about the ultimate discomfort of regret right not yeah, trying that is like that's i mean i think you know the the one of it is can be considered the ultimate discomfort because you can't do anything about it right anyway that you can do things about other things like oftentimes like if that moment has passed yes there will always be other opportunities things like that blah, 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 they say positive but 
regret becomes so difficult for people because it's in the past now. And it's like, I can't do anything about that. I can do things, you know, I can create new circumstances. I can work on new opportunities, but that thing that I didn't do then, you can never get that back. Right. Yeah. So interesting. So then, um, so knowing what you know now, like what advice would you have given yourself before you even started? Uh, I would probably say that there are more options than you think. So, mm. you know, for me in the beginning, when I first started out as a physical therapist, I really thought that all you could do is be a physical therapist, like have this right. degree and just be a physical therapist. And not that there's anything wrong with being a physical therapist, but I quickly was like, I don't want to do this. I never really liked treating. I didn't hate it, but I knew it wasn't like I'm like super passionate about it. So I didn't have anyone that was like, oh, I can look up to this person. There was, you know, the ultimate uh, in metaphors, uh, which would be Gray, Gray Cook. You know, he's like the master of metaphors, right. the master of analogies. And like there was like, you, he, he was in the profession doing other things, but he, that's almost like being like, you know, a, a, someone playing basketball. I mean, like I'm going to be Michael Jordan. Like that doesn't happen to everybody. So right. for me, I was like, I guess this is it. Like maybe if I'm lucky, I'll become clinic director and I'm still not that happy with it. So if I could go back and tell myself like there are more options, create, but you don't have to create them. That would have been a nice little jumpstart. You know, I don't regret anything. I'm not like, oh, I started too late. Um, but it would definitely have been nice to be like, to have heard that and realize that sooner. Right. But then like we just said, you need the discomfort in order to be comfortable. Yeah, right? exactly. And you so, need to go through some of these things and like hate these things and like struggle with some of this or like not enjoy that so that you can go to the other thing. So for sure. Right. And then, so it's interesting, like you said, the mindset, like, well, nobody could be Michael Jordan. And then there's some people that are like, well, maybe I'll just be something different. Yeah. And then there's other people that are like, you're right. And then there's other people that are like, how come? Why can't yeah. you be Michael Jordan? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like going sure. back into the CrossFit space, like everybody was looking at Rich Froning, like there's mm -hmm. no way. And then Matt Fraser's Matt like, Fraser oh. yeah. yeah, he's like, how come? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So that it's, uh, you know, but, you know. I think totally, like, you know, what you said before, like it speaks to also, it says something about you. So like for me, looking back and saying like, I could never be Michael Jordan, the Michael Jordan of PT. And it's like, what that, what I actually meant was like, looking back, you know, retrospectively thinking on it was actually, I don't want to do that. You know, right. I think it, and it is all, it is all a per individualized and personality and mindset thing. Like, cause some people, like you said, will be like, I could never do that. And then they're like, we womp. And then I think for me, it was now, you know, looking back, it was like, I could never be Gray Cook. And I'm like, cause I don't want to do that. I don't right. want to be still involved in the clinic world for like a gazillion years. But right. I love that you brought that out there. Like, and this ties into, again, what you said, like asking yourself these questions. And it's like, well, why could I not be that? Is it because I don't want to be? Is it because I, I'm scared to do it? Is it because like, I don't think it's possible? And why don't I think it's possible? Like, I, I, you know, you've hit the nail on the head a well, million times within this conversation. Right. <laughs> well, it's a, well, the Grey Cook thing, I think is interesting because I, from my perspective, I perceive you as at that level. It's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, there, Jesse, there's, <laughs> that's the biggest compliment I've ever received in my whole life. <laughs> well, you deserve it. No. <laughs> You're working your ass off. And so it's uh, but I mean, so there's these people that like, I don't, I'm not trying to emulate anyone, mm -hmm. but I'm looking at all these people for inspiration of what's possible. You know what I mean? And then there's like, there's like you and, and like the great cooks and then the Perry Nicholson's and then there's all these different people. Cause what I see is them making a difference. 
And, you know, like the, the, I remember when I got out of massage school and I learned the joint by joint approach, I was like, the fuck are you saying? <laughs> like, what are you saying? Are you saying that the knee pain isn't because of the knee? <laughs> what does that mean? And then I remember uh, like Gary right? Gray from the, uh, you know, when, when somebody was talking about the concept of functional muscle function, like how bodies react under the force of gravity. Mm-hmm. That was another one where I was like, hold on. Uh-huh. Because we learn things so different and then you would expose and you're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. That was me when I first took a rock tape class with Perry. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What are you saying here? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. And it's really hard because then they keep talking and you're like, no, hold on. Still- <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Go back, go back, go back. <laughs> yeah. I'm still back there. And so it's, there's, so I think that you have definitely reached that level along with like, you know, Capo and, and, all those people that are up here that are just really like influencing and you know, you're influencing in such an incredible way. And I think that there's, man, just even that, like you, like I told you earlier, just the amount of courage it took for you to be like, you know what? I don't like treating people and I'm not people like, wait, yeah, (laughs) I don't have to do that anymore. Or if you want to go ahead. Yeah. Like you have these choices. (laughs) I think that that's incredibly important. And it's- I, I think that, you know, I love that you're doing this podcast, Jesse, and what you stand for, because I think the most dangerous thing that you can give someone is hope. All right? yeah. You empower someone with hope and then you leave the rest up to them. And, and that's what you're doing with you know, this podcast and your post is like, you show people what's possible. And when you show people what's possible, whether you're doing it because you're teaching them to deadlift and that, that chick pulled 315, like you give this person hope and they're like once someone has that fuck like watch out they can do anything they hope they can get they have hope and a belief that things can get better and that they can affect that and make it better it's they're unstoppable yeah and i think that you know she doesn't really understand the level of that accomplishment right no. you know what i mean like i've just been um you know she she was training for triathlons initially and i was really just trying to build variance and movement and build strength in the movements that she needed in order to complete that. And then, so, um, you know, she had, um, this lung thing come up where she was allergic to the, the chlorine in the water. So then her lungs got affected by that. So she couldn't train for that anymore. So then I just started doing variance and movement. Mm-hmm. And then just one day she pulled three fifteen, and I was like, uh, Hold on. and the guy that I partnered with, he's, you know, trained uh, kettlebells and, and Kung Fu and powerlifting. And I was like, she just pulled 315. And he's like, really? Yeah. (laughs) "Yeah." But she doesn't understand what that means. Like you're not even training to deadlift. And you're doing this, which is like almost, you're almost at a point where you're like, you don't want her to know what it means. Cause I feel like once that comes in, then the people are like, they can go one of two ways. They could be like, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Or they could be like, Oh my God, that's like really heavy. People don't do that. And it suddenly like cascades into like, it's like some, you know, like you're in that space where ignorance is bliss and you're just like, oh, cool. Like I picked this thing up. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, and, <laughs> I know. And that's indicative of, of good coaching, I think, too. So I think it's yeah. imperative for a coach to not be competitive and be a coach at the same time. I love it. Which is a lesson that I've learned um, over the last couple of years of, uh, of people coaching me. And then being competitive with me because I was getting to a certain level, right? And so, you know, just, and that's a perfect example because this woman that I outweigh by probably 60 pounds, 
could potentially deadlift yeah. more than me yeah. in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, let's get some. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what it is you want out of coaches. Like they're excited for you and you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really awesome. Cool. Um, what books are you reading right now? Uh, the main one is that war of art. I'm not going to lie. I am, and I've done this on, I've done social media before too. Like I am the worst at finishing books. I am a very conceptual person. So like, give me the concept and give me like one or two points to like support it. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. I believe you. We don't need a whole book about like supporting your concept. Yeah. So I have a tough time finishing books. Um, the one that I'm working through right now, which is very short too, um, is the war of art and it's the whole premise is do the, do the thing, like shut yeah. up, <laughs> do the thing, like, right. but all of this bullshit. It's funny thing. because that's pretty much what this whole podcast has been talking about, but we still need that reinforcement that yeah. what we're doing is the right thing. So we keep going back. Absolutely. You know? And you will. And I mean, that the book talks about like, we will always need it because doing the thing is scary. Doing the thing is hard. And so we will create all, we will rationalize it because it's, you know, things ration a reason is like, it supports it. Like, yeah, it does make sense to do this thing instead or do this other thing. But in reality, what's going to get us the most or give us the farthest or give us the most return, what we actually need to be doing is the thing. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and like, so, you know, the, the, the stories I'm really into right now are the ones where they squash a lot of excuses, like listening yes. to David Goggins' book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a shitty, you yeah. know, I had a shitty upbringing. I was really bad at being an athlete. Mm-hmm. I had a terrible, abusive father. I was incredibly poor and I'm doing whatever yeah. the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. So the book I'm reading right now is uh, Chris Duffin's new book, The uh, the Eagle and the Dragon. Okay, I didn't even and, know that book out. Yeah, and he's the same way where I'm reading about his childhood and I'm like, is that even real? Like, are you kidding me? Like, he's his parents were essentially hippies and they essentially lived in the middle of the woods on nothing. Like he would go and hunt for mushrooms to like eat and kill rabbits to eat and walked around in the woods barefoot. And like at seven years old, had his uncle teaching him how to deal with rattlesnakes. And I'm like, holy shit. And so I'm like looking at him now and then reading his book. And I'm like, how the fuck did that guy get to this? Right. Like, how does that even make any sense? And I can't wait to like talk to him about it. But there was like one point that I really want to talk to him about where he was like eight years old and um, you know, something happened with his parents. I don't want to spoil anything, but he ended up living with his grandparents and he was like, well, that was a really, that was a time where I was really able to, you know, gather my thoughts and collect myself and grow as a person. I was like, you were fucking eight years old. Right, like grows up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember eight years. Exactly. Old. I'm like, I don't remember that time. Yeah. So like how much of a, head start did that right. guy get wow you know? because i didn't start figuring out my shit until about 10 years ago exactly I was like, I was like, last like, week. yeah when i was like you know going into my first cage fight where you're just like okay like, this is kind of scary i need to learn about myself before oh i go in there God. you know what i mean totally so it's like wow, eight yeah eight just Impressive. yeah so i'm gonna get that guy out and talk to him when i'm done what reading his book but that's a book i'm reading right now um and you know, I'm trying to, man, and so that's the other part that I need to talk about too, I feel, is 
you know, there's times where you're just going really hard in the paint, you're really learning and you're really studying and you're really reading and listening to all the podcasts. And there's other times where you're like, no, I don't want to, I'm going to watch Parks and Rec for the third time all the way through. And I'm going to listen to music instead of podcasts. And I'm just, I think that's so important. I think that, you know, people ask me like, I see you doing all this stuff. How do you do it? Like I have built a life that I, I'm not, you know, pedal to the metal all the time by any means. And I don't want to ever portray that, which is why I try to like make sure that when I do stories, people see me driving around in my Jeep and like going to the beach. Like I go to the gym for a long time in the mornings. I've you know created this life where when I have to work, I will work really hard, but it is so important that you have balance, whatever that balance for you looks like. You know, for me, it is being in the Jeep. It is being able to go to the beach and live near the beach so that, you know, I'm not this person that's like 24 hours a day, grind, grind, grind. Like those, those like, um, memes and stuff and posts that are just like really championing the grind. I hate them because yeah. I think people is really false narrative and, and like perspective on how you succeed. And it's not by just grinding, grinding, grinding. It's by, you know, strategically doing things that are going to move you towards your, your goal. Because in reality, grinding is also another way of avoiding doing the thing where you're like, I'm going to do everything. Like, no, go and do the thing. Like maybe actually not listening to podcasts is what you need to be doing because that's taking up time where you could be creating this thing. Right. Or maybe you need to, you know, what I mean? it's like having having this balance. So I love that you do that, and that you you know you brought that up. I think it's super important. People realize like balance, man. Right. And so for the last like three years, I learned everything that I could because I was finally really excited about education. There you go. And I was excited about education because people were excited about teaching me, and that's a huge thing. And so when I was at the community college and I was taking um, physics. And that lady was drinking her Diet Coke and reading out of the physics book. I was like, holy shit, how am I ever going to make it to PT school? And, you know, and so it's very fortunate that because of that class, I wasn't able to qualify to get even Mm -hmm. the prereqs to go to PT school because now I'm where I'm at now. Yeah. And it's, it's, and, but now I go to these courses where people are so fired up, fired up. You know, and like the biggest challenge between me and Andy, like teaching together is getting each other to shut the fuck up. It's because we're just go. You are passionate and it's good. Yeah. You want to That talk will about inspire it. people like, more than anything. Like yeah. when you teach, you know, like I've been doing this for a long time now or probably a few years now. That is the, that is, those are the best reviews to get where the person says, I'm excited to go back to work now. It is really cool to impart knowledge, but they can get that knowledge anywhere. It's very difficult to find inspiration. And when you, you bring that fire, people catch that and then they go and do their thing. And if they have questions about the actual information, they can, you're not dead. Like they can always reach you and they hit you up and, and they know that they have this resource, but you've given them this passion. You've lit that fire in them. And that is, that is the best thing we can do. Right. And so we compliment each other really well because- I'm just like, you want to talk about the hip? We'll talk about the hip all day. And then Andy's like, no, we need to talk about the core. And I'm like, got it. Let's talk about the core. Like, <laughs> and so, you know, that's uh, speaking of uh, Lavaca and Conley, that's, I was yeah. blessed to go to their first ever top down, bottom up course. And Courtney Conley, man, that she woman, passionate. she could talk about the foot. She and is. so she would just like get her little foot model. She loves that thing. And just start going, start going so deep into that foot model. And then Joe would be like, 
okay. And yeah. she'd be like, oh, there's other people here. Got it. <laughs> okay, we're just going <laughs> to... We're going to just move on. Yeah, really. I love cool. it. The balance. I love yeah. it. Awesome. But the passion. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they bring. And that's you know, what Courtney has done to... One of the things that has helped her out the most in, in having that success is that passion about it. Because anyone can talk about feet, but it's that she has this passion behind it. And when you see, you can feel it. And you're like, I don't even know what this thing is, but I want to learn more about it. Or I want to, like, it's stuck in my head that this is the person to go to because of that fire. Right. I took rock tape for Perry. I didn't take right. rock tape for rock tape. I didn't know anything about rock tape. My friend was like, oh, it's a pretty decent course. I wanted to take a kinesiology taping course. I didn't like kinesio tape. And I was like, all right. And my friend was like, check out rock tape. It's pretty good. And I had been following Perry for a little bit. And I was just like, oh, this man teaches this. I will go for him. Right. Changed everything. Right. And that guy, like one of my favorite quotes that I use uh, all the time about the core was because Perry yelled it in my yeah. face at this primal movement chains course. Yeah. And I was like, no, I get it. All right, I got it. It's yeah. stuck now for, uh, yeah. <laughs> forever. I'm never going to forget that. <laughs> like, got it. So good. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. We would went after it for like 90 minutes. I love it. <laughs> thank, I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm glad I really got you back on here because no, I've been you looking for, forward to this for a while. For asking and, and, and staying on me because I know I'm the worst. It's like, oh, I can do that. And then like things come up. So thank you for being you. Jesse. Of course. Thank I appreciate you. it. I appreciate you. That's and uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. All right, my dude. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks again, Jess. <laughs>